Oh, look at that. I can even make it work. <sighs> I'm technically challenged many times. All right. Anyway, um, guys, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, we're not all like that guy, right? But sometimes we forget the basic stuff that we're thankful for. So I wanted to show that to get you guys that. I'm honored to be here to talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, my prayer is that God will really open our eyes. You know, the person that speaks tends to get the most out of any message. And if you can get a portion of what I got out of this, we're going to go away with some pretty incredible changes in our lives. Um, first thing I want to do before I forget is we have the homeless stuff set up out here. Friday morning, not Thanksgiving, but the day after, we're going to meet here at 8 o'clock and go down to Hurt Park. Hurt Park. I messed up last year, said Grant Park, and nobody was there. So we ended up at Hurt Park a little bit late, okay? So we're doing it the day after because there was a lot of groups there on the day of. So the day after, there was nobody. So we want to give them two days to be thankful and grateful for, um, if nothing else. And so if you want to be a part of that, the youth is behind it, but it's not just for the youth. You can come down as a family if you want. Um, we are Wednesday. We're going to put some care packages together. We still need a little help with toothpaste, toothbrugs, washcloths. Um, and soap, we want to get some of those items that they, when they're walking around, they don't have a whole lot of. And then we're going to bake some cookies and throw in there so they can use a toothbrush. Guys, I'm just saying, we're trying to help out a little bit. Okay. Anyways, if you want to be a part of that, let me know. I could use a couple people to drive. I don't know who's all going to be here, but right now I'm the only driver I know of. So we might need a couple people to drive. Let me know if you can do that. All right, I'm really excited about today and the things, so let's, let's open a prayer first. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be here, for allowing us to walk in, for allowing us. Lord, some of us don't have all the things we saw in there because some of us are in pain and some of us don't walk so well. But God, we thank you for everything that we have. And so, Lord, we pray today that you would just open up through stories, through the message, <laughs> through this incredible Bible that is going to be revealed to us today, Lord. May it just show us a whole new meaning behind being thankful. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to open with a, a passage of Scripture in Luke 17. Um, we got that up there? Okay. All right, this is what I... Um, if everybody... Well, we're going to do something different today. I want everybody to stand up. Okay. In honor of the word of God, may we all stand up and let's read this together. Now, I'm the, whoop. Oh, Fred, you're funny up there. Okay. So maybe, maybe that was a bad idea. Okay. All right, here we go. Everybody, let's read this together. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them <laughs> healed, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 
right, you may sit down. Thank you. All right, as we look at this passage, there's a couple things. Most of us, we read through that and we go, wow, I cannot believe those other nine didn't come back, right? And, that, and then we kind of just go through it because we just kind of breeze by it. But we want to stop and go in and take a look at what this is really saying. We got to go a little deeper and take a little time to break it down. Um, leprosy. Anybody ever been around someone with leprosy? We just know it's a bad disease, right? It's like it's just bad. It's not as plentiful today because they've been able to do some things to help, but it's not in this country because of where we are and the medical and all that we have. But there are other countries like India where there are leper colonies, okay? Um, many of us have heard of Mother Teresa and all that she did. She worked with the leper colonies. Um, <clears throat> I want to share a couple stories to give you a little better idea of what it meant, of what leprosy was all about. Um, many of you have heard of Beth Moore, and she writes a lot of books. And one of the things she always wanted to do was to go to a leper colony. And she had an opportunity to go there. <laughs> but she shares how she walked by the entrance, not once, not twice, but three times, but was never able to go in because the stench was so bad, she was afraid all she would do is throw up. Wow. Now, I've recently, um, I've shared with some of you, my dad has stage four Parkinson's. And uh, recently, my mom fell and broke her shoulder and wasn't able to care for my dad. He's in a wheelchair, and his mind is still sharp, but, but his body is, 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 is dying. And he doesn't, isn't able to, to work with that. And so my mom does a lot for him, and she couldn't. And so myself, my wife, and my, my, my sister and brother-in-law, we would take turns going out to Peachtree City and spending the night when we needed to. And uh, one of the things that I had to do, I'm not trying to be, but had to change his catheter. And I got to tell you, I gagged. I nearly lost it. I had to run out of the room because it was so hard for me to handle. I was not used to that. And as I read this, I thought, dang, and that's probably not nearly as bad as what the, the, the lepers were going through. Um, <clears throat> there is a, man, this is hard to read, but I, I want to go ahead and read you a story. And then I want to break down this a little more because I want this to help you understand the leprosy and what it is. Um, I have a book that if, you, if you're ever looking for a devotional next to the Bible, it's probably had the biggest impact on my life. It's called A Call to Die. It's a 40-day journey into dying to yourself and living to God. And one of the, one of the passages in here, I'm going to read a little bit of, of it to you, but it's about a guy named uh, Chris. And Chris was working with Mother Teresa at Hope for the Dying. And what they did, they, did, they weren't trying to come in and heal anything. What they were doing was coming and trying to give them a quality of life at the end of their lives. They would take people off the street, many of them lepers, uh, many of them with tuberculosis, and they would take them off. They would shave their heads. They would clean them up, and they would give them a bed so that they could die in dignity. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a tough ministry right there. And so as, as they saw all kinds of people, 70% um, of Calcutta has tuberculosis, and they cough literally cough up lungs and that kind of thing. And so they would, they would all carry on a jar and they would cough it up. And then once the jar was full, they'd throw it in the trash. And here's where the story picks up. Uh, lepers came in with their flesh 
rotting and their noses, fingers, and toes missing. Understand, leprosy, literally, there is no nose. There might be an ear missing. It eats away at their bodies. And you and I both know if you saw someone like that, you would freak out, wouldn't you? It'd be like, and, and, and because we just don't see that. And so here we go. Um, at the house of the dying, Chris and other ministers washed these lepers' skin and gave them clean clothes to wear. The job of one of the workers was to stick a syringe in the pus-filled sores and extract the poisonous disease. Each syringe was used for person after person and day after day until it was too dull to pierce the skin. Then it was thrown into the garbage. Children infected with AIDS, usually girls about four or five years old, were brought to the house of the dying. How did these little girls get AIDS? By a blood transfusion? No. The dominant faith in India is the Hindu religion. One sect of the Hindus believe their, man, their men can rid the, get rid of a sexually transmitted disease by sleeping with a virgin. That means a four or five-year-old child. Many children older than this were already prostitutes. Chris brought these children from the streets, and he listened to their screams and weeping. Chris once said, we prayed the crying wouldn't stop because their crying meant they were still alive. Chris said, one thing I begged not to do was taking out the garbage. The stench was almost unbearable. Can you imagine the disease, ragged clothing, and half-eaten food. I begged them not to ask me to do it. It haunted me forever after the first time I took out the garbage. As soon as I walked out the back door toward the dump, children came out of the alleys and ripped open the bags to get whatever was there. I yelled, don't eat this garbage. It's full of disease and death. But they were so hungry that they ate garbage because that was all they could find. They had no other choice. I wept as I saw them scramble through the spilled jars of disease, the clothing stained with rotten flesh, and used syringes, trying to get scraps of last night's dinner that a dying person didn't eat. Disturbing image, isn't it? But in all honesty, how far are we from this spiritually? Can you see yourself feasting at the dumpster of this world? Wow. How often. <laughs> we know what is right, guys. And when I say this, I'm talking about all of us. We know what is right. We know what we need to stay away from. But don't we feast on the things of this world and rather the, the table of God? Right? They knew it was full of disease, but they went there anyways because it didn't matter anymore. They had to have it. They were so hungry for it. And we have to take a look at our lives and say, well, slow down. What are we feasting on? Is it one more dollar? Is it one more car? Is it one more, right? What is really important? Are we missing the whole big picture of this? I read that because I wanted us, number one, to think about what do we feast on? What is most important in our lives? We know, we always say, I don't have time for that. We, we have time for what's important, don't we? We will make time for what's important. So we need to be careful. What is most important? That's a gut check today. I want you to take a look at that. But I want us to go back. Uh, Fred, if you could put that scripture back up. And I want us to go through it slowly together. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between uh, Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out a loud voice. 
The reason they stood at a distance is because this was a disease that was contagious. No one could touch them. Understand, they stayed in groups because they could not stay with their family. They could not kiss their children. They could not hold their grandchildren. They could not touch anybody because of fear of disease. Are you guys with me on this? So they couldn't be close to Jesus because he would get the disease, okay? All right. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They had developed loud voices. Why? Because they had to yell to be heard. Because most people would what? Go to the other side of the street and ignore them. Okay. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. All right, the reason this is important is because if you were a leper, you were a leper until the priest said you weren't. The priests weren't only just spiritual advisors, but they would check you out for health issues. And unless the priest said you were clean, unless he said that you were cured, you weren't. And so for them to be cured, they had to go and the, <laughs> literally the priest had to inspect them. Now with leprosy, a lot of times they were missing an arm, they were missing a nose. And in order for them to be clean, they would need to have that arm and that nose. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about it just naturally happening. The only time we see is when Jesus has supernaturally healed someone. So are you, getting, are, you, are, you, are you getting what I'm laying down here? Okay. Literally an arm would grow out. Truth is in my travels and the people I've met with, I have heard of stories, not in the U.S., because I think our faith is so weak, but in other countries where their faith means they might die. They literally have seen arms grow out. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. But this is what would have to happen for them to be clean. Okay, it takes the story to a different level, doesn't it? Okay, so one of them, <clears throat> wait a minute, here we go. I just missed a big part. Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Hold on. As they went, they were cleansed. Did you get that? As they went, they were cleansed. In other words, when he says go to the priest, guess what? They looked at themselves and what? Nothing had changed. Right? Be easy to go to the priest when all of a sudden my arm grew out. Whoa, I don't have scar. I don't have any of the, of the uh, sores and stuff anymore. I'm good. Let's go. But that didn't happen. They had to look at each other, look down at themselves and go, all right, we're going to find a priest. And they were still in the same situation they were before he said anything. Guys, our faith means, faith is believing what you cannot see. I speak a lot on speaking things into existence, the spoken word. They had to believe that what Jesus said, what do they know of him? They didn't know him as their savior. They knew him as a healer, as a master teacher and as a healer. And a lot of people were getting healed and he said, go, show yourself to the priest that meant you are clean. But they're going, I'm not. And they could have stayed there, but they didn't. They started to go and look for a priest because our faith means we have to step out. Sometimes we got to step out when we just don't see it. By faith, we have to step out. Um, watched an incredible video the other day about fearless faith. If you ever get a chance, look it up on YouTube. Wow. So many of us, our faith is very conditional, isn't it? It's like we got all the safety net set up, right? And in this faith is you just got to go there. So anyways, he said, uh, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, 
when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now, that's a great thing. However, what we don't realize a lot of times is what a Samaritan was. Anybody know what a Samaritan was? He was not a Jew. Therefore, he was an outcast. He was an outsider. He was not accepted among Jews, but apparently, probably because of the leprosy, it didn't really matter because they were all condemned. Okay? But of all these guys, the one that came back was the outcast of the outcasts. Isn't that crazy? And so normally that would not even be a conversation, but of course Jesus is Jesus, so it don't matter to him. We see where he dealt with Samaritans before, right? And so he comes back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. As we go on, there we go. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? It's pretty sad, isn't it? Sometimes we got to look at ourselves. We, I had, a, I had a, a kid the other day, and this is what I love about working with young people, is they're not afraid to throw it out there, and they're not afraid to admit their faults and stuff. And, and he just said to me, he said, Coop, you know, I pray for a lot of things, and I rarely go back and thank God when it happens. I'm happy it happens, but I don't connect the two. I'm not very thankful, am I? We're not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now here's something else I didn't know. Do you remember he said they were cleansed, they were clean? It's a different word than you are well. The clean part, if you break it down into the Greek, and I won't bore you with the name of it because I don't even know if I can pronounce it, but the bottom line is if you look up the cleansed one, it is talking about a physical healing. If you look up the well, it is talking about a spiritual healing. Do you see that? Ten of them, their physical body was healed. One of them was healed spiritually. Changes the story again, doesn't it? Never quite look at it the same. Um, you know, being thankful and grateful has always been something that's been important in my life, especially since I've become a life coach because I've realized that we can get caught up in something bad and put it right here and we see nothing else. But if we put it in the right spot and we're trusting God with it and we begin to be thankful and grateful every morning, it could be for just being able to walk. It could be different things. It is very important that we are thankful for what is going on, even the difficulties, right? Because if I would ask most of you out here, we have grown the most, not when things were easy, but when things are difficult. When we are lifting weights as an athlete, you're lifting weights to get stronger, it isn't the ones that you're just pumping out that are getting you strong. It's the ones that you can't make it and you have a person spot you and you're struggling and they help you get up there a little bit. Those are the ones that make you strong. In difficulty, in trials, it makes you strong. And if we can see this and believe it, then we embrace it, right? When a trial comes on, it's like, okay, God, what are you teaching me? Because this is what we know. Once we learn the lesson, what? We don't need it anymore, right? It's 
done. So look at it. Embrace it. Okay, so what's next? Now I'm going to actually look at my notes for a second. Okay. Um, all right, we talked about walking by faith and who the priest was. <laughs> all right, there is a, um, there is a story uh, by a pastor named Jack who had gone over to a country. There were lepers and all, and he was speaking. And at the end of his message, and there weren't, he hadn't seen any lepers in there. He was just speaking to a large crowd. And as he was speaking, they got done, and it became pretty intimate. And he said, is there anybody that has a song that we could finish out? Anybody got his favorite song? And then you heard this voice, and you look back, and there was a lady with a hood on. And as the hood went back, you could see her face. She was a leper. She didn't have a nose. And he said, yes, what would you like to sing? And she said, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Wow. Afterwards, one of his associates came up and said, bet you never sing that song again. He goes, yes, I will, but I'll never sing it the same again. Mm, of all the people, count your many blessings. As we look at this, as we look at our lives, and how does this apply to us? God knows what you're doing. God knows what you're going through. He wants you to trust him. Um, I, have a, I have one more <clears throat> little video clip, but before I get to it, um, I want to challenge you guys with something this week. In your bulletin, if you'll pull it out, there's a blue insert here. For a long time, I've challenged everybody to take time every day to be, find five things you are thankful for. Okay? It's a great thing. And I still encourage people to do that. However, I want to encourage you guys to do something different this week. This week, I want it to be a week of being thankful. Okay? So we have printed this up for you guys and for myself, for everyone, to take this home and put it on the refrigerator or somewhere where you see it every day. And every day, you can see Sunday. That'd be today. So this is going to be our seven days of thankfulness. On Sunday, there's one, two, three, four, five. It is not five different things I want you to be thankful for. But next to Sunday, I want you to put down one thing. Let's say it's family then what is one reason you're thankful for the family? What is the second reason? What is the third? What is the fourth? What is the fifth? See, what I want us to do is because what happens when we do five things, we just throw it out real quick, right? But when you take one thing and five, five things to be thankful for that one thing, guess what? It's a lot deeper meaning. You, you see, you sense, and you, you really feel what you're thankful for. So I just want you to do one a day. Are you with me on this? Do one a day, but five things that you're thankful for that specific thing from. I want you to do that for seven days. Next Saturday will be our last day. And Sunday morning, we'll have a little basket out here, and I'm going to need your help on this. It's either going to work or it's not. It's dependent on you. But at the bottom, I want you to tear that off at the end of the seven days. And I want you to write down anything that God has taught you through this, anything that has changed in your life, based on the fact that you've been thankful every day specifically. I do a lot with forgiveness, and what I have found out is when people forgive, a lot of times they just broad, right? Um, 
I'm going to forgive my dad for yelling at me. I'm going to forgive my, whoa, whoa, slow it down. When you said for yelling at you, there was a specific thought, wasn't there? So let's break it down. I want to forgive him for yelling at me in the kitchen, for yelling at me at the ball game, for yelling. That becomes healing. That's when we truly forgive and we're specific. You guys with me on this? So I want us to really be thankful this week. And let's get specific of the things that we're thankful for. All right, we got that? All right, and the last thing that I really want us to hit, and this video is going to probably bring it home, and, and it really comes down to being thankful for where you are and what you have. We're going to speak things into existence, but how often do we see someone else and we're like, how come they're a multimillionaire and I'm struggling? Or how come they're so good at this and I'm not? Or how come they have this and I don't? And though we want to say we don't, there's a lot of times where we, we struggle with that. You understand what I'm saying? Why don't you watch this video? Why should it be like this? I don't know. It's not fair. Yeah, I know. There's nothing that we can do. I don't want to be like this. Me neither. I wish I was like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to be like him.
take so long, dear. Are you ready to go now? I don't know that there's much to be said about that video, but there's much to be learned about it. The Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of the Lord on your behalf. We're to give thanks in everything. Many times we, we've heard the cliche of it's grass is greener on the other side. As you can see in that video, Maybe not so much, right? Maybe we're putting worth and value in things that maybe aren't as important as we thought they were. So be, before we close out, I just want to do something a little different today. We're all sitting by each other. If you're sitting alone, find somebody else. But I want you to turn to the person next to you. If you want to do it in threes, I don't really care. But I want us to practice a little bit of something you're thankful for. And just give two reasons why you are thankful for that. I'm just going to give you a couple minutes so you can't go to the bathroom and then come back and act like you're going to do it, okay? Um, <clears throat> been there, done that, okay? I wrote the book on it. So this is what I want you to do. I know this is unusual, but we're going to do it anyways. As I want you to find somebody, probably the person next to you, and what God has hit you on today, what you are very thankful for, but two reasons why you are thankful for that. And go. Oh, you ain't getting free of this. What, what is something you're thankful for? What am I thankful for? Um, just the fact that I have a wonderful family. Okay, and give me two things that that is specific about. My wife. Explain that a little bit. My wife, because she understands. She gets, she gets who I am. She's the only one. She's my best friend. Awesome. Okay. And what's another reason? My children. Because they're just they're an image of me that I that I hope I could I always wanted to be and they are. Very good. Uh, for me, I was going to say family, but since you already grabbed that one, um, I guess for me, I'm thankful for God's grace. Awesome. Because number one, I don't. of that grace anyone is able to have what God has for us doesn't matter where we come from or what we do so that's why the grace is for me awesome you want everybody up here now are they they're all back right. I got back there I got alright get wrapping it up wrap it up don't be excited. I'm not going to do a rap. Okay. All right. Remember, 
you have a homework assignment, get them out, please. If it affects you at all this week, write out how it affected you so that we can share a few of those next week in service. It's anonymous. We're not going to say whose name it is, but that way you can be freer to just put down what you, what you wanted to. All right, guys, we're about to uh, take the offering, and um, I, I'd like to close this out in prayer as we do that. Father, we thank you for today. Hmm. Being thankful changes a little bit when we read about the ten lepers and about only one coming back. When we read about our unthankfulness instead of our thankfulness, when we read about and, and understand how bad these guys had it, and yet the outcast is the only one that came back, they had so much to be thankful for. Like that story showed with the little boy that couldn't walk, that now could walk. He didn't care what his clothes looked like. He could jump and he could play. Lord, may we be more aware of the blessings that you give us. May we be grateful for what you give us, even the difficulties, because you're going to teach us. And Father, the truth is, you're not going to give us anything we can't handle. So when we're in this time of Thanksgiving and there are some in here that are hurting bad, I pray you would allow us to be thankful. But Lord, also I would pray that you would allow us to step out in faith. If we're being controlled by something, maybe an addiction, if we're letting a sickness or something get us down, if we've got this thing in front of our face that we can't see your goodness or your greatness or your mercy, may that be removed so we can see who you really are. Thank you for your love and your grace. May you bless what is given today that we can do much ministry for the kingdom. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.